Welcome to the Be Bold in Business podcast. My name is Samantha Hearn and I'm the host of this amazing channel. I wanted to bring you a place where you hear from myself and other amazing inspirational business people on their journey to the success they've created. I wanted to bring you the offline journeys to the online successes that we see on social media. I want to create a place where you hear the struggles people have been through, the challenges, the lessons they've learned, the mistakes they've made, so that you know that ordinary people can create extraordinary things every single day, and that it's totally possible for you too. The Be Bold in Business podcast is a place where you are going to hear real, genuine, warts and all stories from some of the most exceptional people in business and how they succeeded anyway. If you are ready to show up in your business, if you are ready to be bold, if you are ready to learn from your mistakes, if you are ready to bounce back and become more resilient, this is the podcast for you. And me, Samantha Hearn, I cannot wait to welcome you, support you, empower and inspire you and share with you the stories that sometimes don't get shared online and give you this real refreshing approach on how building a business sometimes can be hard, sometimes involves failing, sometimes involves struggle, but you can still succeed anyway. So welcome to the Be Bold in Business podcast, and I cannot wait for you to take your invitation to be bold in your business too. Right, so on today's masterclass slash podcast, this is a juicy one. So the title is How Client and Project Management is Essential for Your Business Growth. So how do you actually manage your clients? manage your projects so that your business can grow. Very juicy. And here are your five top topics. And then we're going to speak to our guest expert and really dive in. So number one, client management, what are the three fundamentals of this? So you might have an idea already about how you manage your clients. You might not. This might be a very new concept. It might be something you want to up level. But with our guest expert, we're going to be talking about three fundamentals about what this actually really means for your business. Number two, which is juicy, how can you create a great client experience on a budget? So you might be thinking you need to get all of these extra add-ins, softwares, automations, changing funnels, complications for a client experience, when actually you could probably be doing quite a lot of these things now. So we're going to be speaking to our guest expert about that. Number three, when someone does come into your world, so you've done all this hard work, you've launched, you've promoted, they've joined, And then you drop the ball and forget that they're there because you're focusing on new people again. How can you stand out to the people that are in your world as a client without things becoming complicated? So you can still manage both. You can manage the new side of your business, but you can also serve your current clients. Number four, what tools are best for project management as a solopreneur? versus if you do have a small team. So you might have a VA, you might have a graphic designer, maybe you have someone that does your website, podcast editor, all of these people, they might not be full-time in your business, but you do have to manage and delegate and talk to them. They could be freelancers, people that you just bring in for launches, but that's what we mean about managing a small team. And number five, three top tips for if you are ready to up-level in your business, but you don't want it to become overwhelming. So we're going to speak to our guest, I told you it was juicy, about all of these things. That's what you can expect. But before we get into this, we need to find out who we're speaking to. So hello, Avril. 
Hello, lovely Sam. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to dive into this topic with you. So for those of you who don't know me or haven't been a part of my world, I'm Avril Anderson, and I really support female entrepreneurs to come out of that place of self-sabotage and overwhelm into a place of fulfillment and thriving with how it having to be. Kind of what you touched on there complex, overwhelming, comparison city. So yeah, I'm so excited to dive into this topic with you. Oh, me too. And I, and I think as well, you're exactly right. People have, um, we go through different stages in business, you know, we set it up and it's very exciting. Then we have the reality behind, wow, this is a lot more work than I thought, because of course, we're not exposed to it. Then we have how do I sustain and maintain this? And how do I grow it? Um, and a lot of that comes from infrastructures, planning, setup, structure, the unsexy things a lot of people label them as, um, and the things we don't spend time on, because of course you don't see it. You just see someone on the internet. So 100%. Yeah. 100%. So I'm really excited about this. So the, um, to, to give you all an idea of how these topics came up, usually I kind of sit with them and think about you as the listener and how our guest expert can serve you based on what I already know you would need and be struggling with but you get the best from them so essentially you have like yeah free masterclass so let's start then Avril with the client side so we've kind of got this in two two sections clients and then projects but when we think about client management what would you say are the, the fundamentals of, of what does that mean client management yeah, so it really means how your clients are experiencing working with you once they have said yes. So this is once they have come into your world. And this is how we actually manage their experience, but also manage their expectations. And I think that's a big one as well when it comes to client management, but also as well how we're serving them, how we're showing up and serving them and giving them what they need at each stage of that journey so that when it comes to the end of that experience container whatever it is if they can see the value in working with you beyond the transformation the experience itself will also have elevated how they have been in your world and the results that they've gotten and of course we can't deny the fact that, that then turns them into advocates so if you give somebody an amazing client experience after they've said yes to coming into your world and delivering integrity what you said you're going to do for them and they feel valued they feel seen they feel understood and they know what to expect and when because of course we don't really like to, we don't like change we don't like to not know what's coming so equipping them with that at the start of the process means that you're setting the boundaries you're setting the expectation and at the end of that process nine times out of ten they'll want to stay in your world in some sense or form or they'll want to tell other people about how amazing that experience was. I mean, if you think about it, just like going to a restaurant, right? All of us can relate to that. You know what I mean? If you go in and you sit down and the menu looks amazing, and you've been dying to try it for months and you go in and you sit down and the waiter ignores you for 10 minutes and you're like, uh, excuse me, can I get some water or bread? And then there's changes to the menu or three things are out of, you know, off the menu that night and the service is, you know, low. You just ignore and you just think, I never got back here again it mm -hmm. really dulls the whole experience view it taints everything so when I talk about client management it's everything from the client side looking in but also your side as the business owner for how you can do that in a way that feels good isn't overwhelming and you aren't thinking oh my god how do I do this how do I make sure they're getting the best so it's the structures and systems that also support the experience and I think that's a really the, the point that I love most about what you've just said there is it's also about setting expectation from the start. And if you don't have those things set up, like communication, emails, schedules, 
Zoom links, you know, the easy basic things. It can be very easy for that person as the client to need to reach out to you directly. Hey, I haven't got this. Hey, can you send me that? Hey, can this? So your boundaries are already going to be lost, but it's because you've not set yourself up to have structure in the first place. So of course the clients then, well, I've invested and I don't have information on this or I can't find this or I can't find that. So 100%. It's that concept of boundaries Mm. and boundaries aren't there to keep people at distance. They're there to let them know, actually, this is the best way that we're going to work together to get you the results that you desire. And this is why it's so important. And I see this a lot whenever people are planning launches or they're bringing something to the world. They're so focused on the launch that Mm. we forget about actually what comes after that. And then I see coaches, service providers, anybody in industry coming out and being exhausted from welcoming these people into their world and then thinking oh my god now I have to go and set up all these zoom links and and manually adding people to call you know uh, requesting in google and it's about actually thinking hard about how do I want this person to experience this service once they're inside and what can I do now to set myself up for success because there's a mindset thing there as well and I always say this if you're not allowing yourself to set yourself up for success once they're in the container you're going to actually remove your vibrancy during your launch because you're going to feel a sense of oh my goodness, I'm not ready for these people inside this container. I'm not ready. It's not ready to welcome people into. So you're subconsciously going to hold yourself back from saying, hey, you got to experience this. This is amazing. Mm -hmm. So it can be something as simple as just opening a Google Doc and saying, okay, what days of the week am I going to have this call? What times are they going to be at? Where are we going to have them? How am I going to communicate with them? Where am I going to put their stuff? And then listing out your assets. So it's a fancy word of saying all the things that I need to create to support people when they're inside this experience with me. And then you can either do it yourself or you can outsource that to a VA and say, hey, can you go set up all that stuff? Because I want to make sure that they have everything. And then the second part of it is that's your back end, as you say, the unsexy stuff that we're all like, mm-hmm. but we know we need, like, you know, our car doesn't run without fuel. You know, it needs to be MOT'd, it needs to be taxed. These are all the things that we kind of do behind the scene to keep our car on the road. And it's kind of the same with business. We have to do the things behind the scene. But the second part of that then is what I call the welcome pack. And this is the most undervalued thing that I see when it comes to actually welcoming people into your world because it tells them a little bit more about you your values how is the best way to work with you sets the boundaries of these are the call times this is when you need to cancel these are the days of the week you can reach out to me here's where you can reach out to me and any frequently asked questions so exactly like you said if you have somebody reaching out or people reaching out time and time and time again saying um where do I find this or um how do I get that capture those somewhere and put them in your welcome pack Mm, yeah you're so right and I love this because I'm very similar I like to have a plan I like to know what people are doing and where they're going to be going and who they're communicating with and as a starting point I think that's a really good thing for people to just spend time even if you stop the podcast now and have a pause and just think okay someone comes into my world what's the one of all of these things that Avril said what's the one thing I could start with you know is it making sure I know when the calls are or deciding the schedule you know that all of these things when you think about client management a lot of it's actually to help you manage yourself isn't it like I want to you know yeah okay I love I love this right I mean I could talk about that all day but let's get to the juicy stuff right this question I'm totally up for and it does lead a little bit further on to you know client management but you know, we spend a lot of time talking about this and I know we have quite similar views, but when you are in the online space and you, you have a service-based business, so you could be a PT, you could be a counsellor, you could be a therapist, a yoga teacher, a graphic designer, a web developer, a coach. So we're not here saying or talking just to coaches. This is anyone that runs a service. 
So when you're in that online space, it can feel, and we're talking about feelings here because it's the presumption. When we're looking at other people, people's businesses, maybe they're a bit further ahead or um, they've done things a bit differently to assume that everyone has a bigger budget than us. You know, like, oh, I'd love to use Kajabi, but right now, or, oh, I'd love to have a graphic designer because their graphics are amazing, but, or I'd love to have someone that's a PA and working for me and manage my clients, but. And a lot of the time then, rather than doing anything, anything to improve client experience, we just don't do anything because we believe the budget is the reason we can't make it this flashy firework display. So I really would love to get your insights on, pardon me, how can someone still be able to create right now so we can only do what we've got right now we can always improve in the future but based on where they are right now a great client experience but on a budget or on your own so we can keep it simple but we can still give our clients an amazing experience what would be your insights on that we're amazing at overcomplicating things and we're amazing at looking outwards and saying like oh but i was inside that container and i got all of this stuff and i always say to clients step back and actually look at where in that person's journey they are did they start out there did they start out with the, the you know the the high investment systems and what I, when I say that what I'm talking about their software specifically is software and actually having team to manage all of this and the process so I was like layer your systems layer your processes layer your you know your infrastructure when it comes to client management and the first fundamental place that we can all start that we don't need any budget for is with a pen and a piece of paper exactly what we just talked about okay so what do they need to get okay so we know genuinely we need to gather information so we need a form of some type to capture information about them we need a way to communicate with them we need a way to deliver you know or store their work or store our videos and the thing is I love talking about this because I genuinely will say to clients if you're in your first year of business right and you're starting out you're in that excitement phase and you're in that learning phase one of the fastest things to overwhelm business owners is tech it's like oh my god I just don't want to use this and we use it as a barrier, an obstacle or a block to doing the thing. So mm. everything that you want to do or need to do when it comes to client management, you can use free tools for. And that is, you know, as you grow your business, then you can level up to the next office. You can layer, keep layering on when you have the resource, the budget and the team to support you. But right now you can create your welcome pack and Canva and use the share link. Mm. You know, the likelihood is you're already probably using Canva. Most of us as business owners will have that one piece of tech in our back pocket. Um, you can use Google Forms. Mm. And the beautiful thing about Google Forms is if you're using Google, you can integrate that with Google Sheets. You can actually make sure that information is being transferred. You can set yourself Google Reminders if you need to, or use, when we're going to come on to project management, but use simple project management tools with reminders. Check in with Nancy. You know, repeat it every Friday at two o'clock. Make sure that your diary is blocked out two o'clock on Friday afternoons to check in with your clients. Mm -hmm. Zoom. You can use Zoom to create your call links. You know, it doesn't have to be complex. Mm -hmm. Start simple. Start really simple with what you already have. And then whenever you start to, you know, level up and look at it, then, you know, you know, I'm going to say the first tool I'm going to say to get into your business for client management is going to be the Pisado because it's amazing. And the thing is, you can get it now for as little as $20 a month. Mm. You know, I think they've released their, their base plan now. But, you know, also what I would say to you is if you're on a budget and you're starting out or you're looking at everyone else saying, oh, my God, they've it all sorted out. I mean, you can host a full like blowing course in a Facebook group. I mean, I've done that. I've hosted them on, on you know, um, other softwares like, you know, course hosting platforms, but I've also hosted them inside Facebook too. Mm. So what I would say is ask yourself, get really reflective and say about, is the tech the 
the problem is, am I using this as a barrier? And actually, if I was to make this as simple as possible, how can I get started? And the likelihood is it's going to involve Canva, Google Forms, and you can even host your courses in Google Drive. I mean, you can just do something as simple as that. And as your business grows and, and, and elevates, then you can layer up your tech, your systems, your processes, your resources as your business grows. But it's not going to make the work you're doing with your clients any less valuable. Mm, I completely agree. And the other thing I would say is, even if you have a really profitable business, I know amazing business owners that have, you know, six, seven figure profit businesses, you know, so they're wildly, you know, successful financially. However, they do still then release things that are lower, lower end, and they'll say to their audience, and I think this is key what we're sharing communication, they'll say, I'm doing this thing for a week or four weeks, and you're going to get a pack that will be a worksheet that I've made in Canva or a Google Doc, or you'll get access to a Facebook group, and they sell it using PayPal. So as long as you are communicating the level of support that they're going to get and where that's coming from, and you do that to the best of your ability, the, the person's not going to have, going back to our past question, a false expectation. You know, so exactly that, Avril, let's say someone was doing a power hour. You probably would, if you haven't got Dubsado yet, you could do something very simple and say, here's a Calendly link and you link your PayPal to your Calendly and that's it. Done. It's simple as that. Yeah. It's as simple as that. And I think it's so key, exactly what you said there, Sam. It's not about the tools, the tech, the software, the systems. It's about the expectation. If you're selling, going back to the restaurant, a fine dining experience and you deliver fast food, well, of course, there's going to be a disconnect in expectations. So people are going to feel that they're not getting the service that was, in inverted air quotes, promised. However, if you're saying, for this offer, this is how it's going to work. This is what it's going to look like. Again, we're letting them know what to expect. Otherwise, we are great at creating in our head what things should look like. And if you're working with multiple different service providers, and this goes back to what we said, from a massage therapist to, you know, X, Y, Z, whoever it is, if you've experienced one type of experience with someone else, we can often project that onto what we expect from everyone. Mm. So the one thing I would say is even on a budget, and this goes back to an experience I had a couple of um, years ago where I tried to book a massage with someone and she just come, kept coming back and saying, this is the availability I have. And I kept going, that doesn't work for me. This is the availability I have. What about this lot? And then she just kept coming back and going, here's that pay, 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 pay. And I was like, oh my God, I don't want them. I need a massage now after this experience but I don't want it. So what I would say is know exactly what your process looks like for bringing people into your services mm -hmm. and then figure out the most seamless, simple way that is going to get them from start to finish without barriers. Yeah, you're so right. And also exactly like you said, you can then choose what you increase your budget on. So very similarly, before I used Absado, I'm also an advocate, I freaking love it. But back in the day, I used um, DocuSign for contracts, mm -hmm. which was free back then. You could have up to like five contracts at a time or so, I can't even remember. But I then, you then have the opportunity to say, I've been able to deliver this service and my clients have been happy and they've got what they needed. Before I now just buy any software because I need it and I'm desperate, you've got the time to really think about it properly. Let's say with Canva, you might think I've got the free version. Am I ready now to get the paid version because I want to have my own brand files and now I know what I stand for. So I'm going to get a logo or I'm going to get fonts. So exactly what you've said about writing it down, I love. And what does the client need? How do you need to communicate with them? How can you do that simply? 
that gives you the time and space as a business owner, which any business owner needs to do. Just because someone has Kajabi doesn't mean their business is more successful. So it gives any business owner the time and space to then think, what software would still keep this simple, but now just up levels mine and the client's experience but from a user perspective or from a all of the little opt-ins or whatever so you don't because I think that's the other thing like you said people get overwhelmed with tech rather than research and take the time to research we just pluck anyone out but what you're saying about pen and paper write this out properly essentially the process won't change it will just be the software will get slightly better Tech is the last thing. And this is this is a fundamental shift. If, if you take anything from listening to this, you know, sort of a mini masterclass at the podcast today, it says tech should be the last piece of the puzzle. So many people pick a piece of tech and then try and shoehorn a process into it that doesn't fit. Yeah. They get frustrated. It doesn't deliver what they want. So start process first, pen and paper. What are the steps? What does it look like? Okay, somebody needs to book a call with me. Okay, they need a call link. They need this. Okay, they're going to need a confirmation email. Okay, somebody needs a questionnaire for me at this point. Somebody needs, and I always say, create your assets, understand what you need and what that process looks like. Then ask yourself, what piece of software is going to best support me to do that right now where I am in my business without all the bells and whistles? Um, and then once you've done that and you've got that in place, the next layer is to start to look at, okay, now that I'm at this level, now that I've got this baseline, actually, where is taking up more of my time than I would desire to be? And this is where you then start to turn that process internally. And my clients will always get to a place where they go, Avril, I'm spending too long. I, get, I spend longer trying to onboard somebody into my, my service than I do trying to sell it or actually serve them. But this is ridiculous. So you'll get to that pinch point. So I would always say, start to identify your pinch points and then ask yourself, okay, what is the quickest, easiest, most cost-effective way for me to alleviate this? And sometimes that can then look like an investment into a higher level piece of software because what it's costing you, you know, I calculated with a client, it was costing her 1500 pounds a month just to onboard clients into her service. When we actually looked at, she was sending 42 emails across, you know, the whole client management, you know, sending contracts back and forth, sending links, setting things up. And when we actually did the cost analysis, she was like, if I was selling that time, mm. then actually this is the potential that I have to make back in terms of revenue and this is what I'm costing myself now so start simple doesn't have to be complex and often sometimes I see people over invest very early in systems get overwhelmed and they never use the darn thing so yeah. don't do that to yourself just don't this is your permission slip not to get caught up in the hype of I have to have x y and z from day one mm. and start to ask yourself where do I need to start and then where are my pinch points and move from there I love that and this is really good for the next question and focus point actually which we've already started to cover around welcome packs which I love that as an idea the pen and paper the processes the tech comes last there's already some amazing tips you've shared but I'd love for you to if you've got more which I know you will so someone does want to make sure that their client has the best experience and again we're talking to anyone that has a service-based business and without making things complicated, how would how can someone from what you've seen and the work that you do and the clients you've worked with create very simple ways to stand out to their client who's already paid? We've established that now you're listening to this from a client perspective. So they're not just following you and downloading a freebie. They've paid. They're working. They're now joining your world, but they might not have had a call yet. They might not have had the service yet, but they have spend the they've invested whatever their payment is or they've signed a contract what what could be some very simple ways that you can stand out to that client without it becoming complicated but for them to already feel like supported and celebrated at that first kind of transactional point once they've paid 
Love this. Absolutely love this. And there's some really simple fundamental things that exist in life outside of business, okay? Think about how you like to feel. Think about how you like to be welcomed. Think about an experience that you have had working with somebody that made you feel really welcomed, really valued, really seen before you've even maybe jumped on a call with them or had any FaceTime with them or experienced the actual service that they're providing. When have you felt valued as a customer? And when have you felt that that person really values having you in their world? And also ask your clients too, like when have you felt, you know, do market research around it and you sort of gather from people what's really important to them. Because sometimes people can add in fluff in terms of things that don't actually make people feel really valued, but they see someone else doing it. And for me, that can be something as simple as spending 20 minutes handwriting cards on a Friday afternoon and welcoming people into your world. Or, you know, again, having a, a process that actually after somebody has paid, they're going to get a handwritten card from me or they're going to get a small token or gift from me or they're just going to get a personalized video. So, again, let's talk about budget. You don't budget right now for cards or gifts. Something really simple that I do for all of my clients who work with me inside certain containers, all of my containers, actually, especially I use um, a communication tool called Slack. But every single person inside the personal channel gets a welcome message from me that says, hey. This is where you're going to find this. This is where you're going to find that. I'm so delighted to have you in my world. And they're they're just like already blown away. They're like, wow, she's actually taking time. And that takes five minutes. Yeah, such a good, that's such a good one, actually. I do something similar um, about, uh, to give another example, um, I which is helpful going back to our very first one about expectations. I do a video on expectations, you know, how to get the most out of your experience what what I would expect of you and what you can expect of me so I do and they're free you're right you can just get on your zoom if you've got a free zoom as well you don't even the paid version of zoom record that download it and then you can just upload that like we said whether it's in a google doc whether it is in a facebook group a slack channel video even on your iphone yeah. doesn't even have to be zoom iPhone. just get a yeah. video on the iphone find yourself a window with a good bit of light and That's just you one. know sort of record it but absolutely and I love that sound because expectations is so important and it's covered in the welcome pack and I always say use your welcome pack as well for the parts of your contract that you know people aren't going to read bring out the things that are really important so things like office hours expectations you know what it's going to look like the software that they need to download or anything that they need to have in place to work with you um which that may I mean that's something more complex than it is in other words we're going to have our calls and so you're going to receive your emails in a google doc so they know where things are going to be but yeah setting that expectation those videos are perfect for that because now you're already getting them thinking about before they've started the program or they've popped on the call or they've come for their massage or they've come for their session mm -hmm. or they've whatever it is again it doesn't have to be coaching it works in all industries you know same as hairdressers have a think about you know are you wanting to change the shape or color of your hair so you're not spending the first 15 minutes in the chair going mm, well, I think I'd like x or z being there done that being that person but set the expectation about what it's going to look like for them and what you need from them for them to have the best experience possible yeah I love that I think that's such a great tip for any business owner at any point actually this idea of video communication uh, pre-recording things the other reason I quite like it is and then we're going into projects which is just so juicy but the other thing if I was receiving that the thing that I, the reason I like doing the videos is I feel like it gives the client a chance to see that you are organized so before you've done anything if, if, if like I was saying you've got this video that's like hey Sam I just want to let you know or even if you don't use their name let's say at this point you're just like hey welcome you know I just want you to see where everything is and what's going on you know it's up to you but as a client, you'd think that's really freaking helpful. She's taken the time to plan ahead, 
make a video, show me around, and it's taken two minutes. It's pleasurable, isn't it, to feel like they've actually thought ahead as to what you might need to see. 100%. It's so key. And the thing is, if you're struggling with this right now, if you're listening to this podcast, you think, I wouldn't know where to start. That's okay, because the next time you onboard a client in, again, what questions are they asking you? What are you finding? People are saying, where do I find? How do I get? What's the best way? Just open a Google Doc somewhere, title like client experience or client management and start noting these things down. So the next time you invite someone into your world, you're going to say, okay, I know I need to share this with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's before you even take your business to the next level and you can have this all automated in the background. I mean, there's yeah. so much as your business grows that you can do, but the basics will always be the same. And actually, I think what, you know, we've spoken about this before, but the bigger you get, if you haven't got these things in place, you can very easily not do them. And then you've got all of these people that come into a membership. Let's say there's a thousand new members from your launch and they don't know what the frick they're doing. So if if from the start you think, actually, I could create this library, this little resource, these little welcome videos, no matter how how big your business becomes, which, of course, we want that for you, of course. But no matter how many clients you end up serving and holding space for, you know that you've got those foundations and you know that they're going to be supported. So I think that's key as well, actually. You know, at any stage of business, if you drop the ball, it's better to have these foundations discussed now before we, you know, we could sit here and talk way more complex things. You know, Avril does this to a, a whole nother level. But rather than us going full force systems, operations, the whole process, a lot of these things do get forgotten, don't they? It's, and the thing is, it's the simple basics that actually sometimes have the most impact for your client. Yes, the automation's that next level, as you talked about, that I, I go into with clients and really taking it to that level of just not having to worry about it full stop. That's for you as well as the client. But mainly that's for you to save your time. But the basics and the fundamentals of good customer service don't actually change and actually how we do that. And something to reflect on is if right now you're listening to this and you're serving one-to-one and you really desire to go to one-to-many, if you're struggling with the basics at one-to-one, imagine trying to onboard and welcome six, eight, 10 people into your world at the same time. Mm. Give yourself the gift of actually thinking about what that will look like. What do I need? Give yourself the gift of actually planning it out in advance while you're doing your launch, while you're promoting the mastermind or the course of the group program or, you know, your group PT sessions or your XYZ, whatever it is, sit down and think about what do I need to put in place now Mm. before I've even somebody's even said yes to me. Yeah, because whether or not that program sells out, whether or not nobody buys it, whether or not, you know, one person turns up at the park, the fundamentals are going to be the same and they can be scaled when required. A hundred percent. I'm so glad we covered that because I think that's really important. This isn't just for someone at the start. This is any business owner that wants to do this effectively. Um, okay, right now, this always comes up and I know you freaking love this question, but okay, so that's really all about your clients, but I couldn't really speak to Avril without talking about the project side as well um, because they do go hand in hand. Essentially, if you're serving clients, they need to be housed somewhere. Uh, and looked after somewhere and have a place in your business and your organization and now we're talking about projects so this question I think is great for you if you're listening because of what we said the tech can become overwhelming maybe you have a system right now but you don't love it you're not using it effectively you don't know all the ways to use it but you're using it just because you've seen three other people use it and that's kind of let's stay there so we're gonna really dig in and get Avril's viewpoint and support around 
the best tools for managing projects, which if we break that down even further, essentially what we're saying is manage your business, you know, so your clients and your launches and your marketing. Okay. So, you know, whatever your project, if your project is social media content, that counts. Okay. So we're not talking massive projects of sales. It could be anything that you need to manage in your business. Uh, But, and there might not be a difference, but in case there is for someone as a solopreneur, so you're doing everything right now and you're wearing all the hats versus someone that does have people that they are delegating to and that manage different parts. So best tools to manage projects for a solopreneur. And also if you do have people that need to have access to this as well, what would you share? This is what I'm really passionate about because in the market, most people will have heard of Trello, Asana, ClickUp. These, these are the ones that are Notion as well as another one that's sort of, which I don't see as a pure project management um, tool, but that's that's a personal insight. So for this one, I always say, I personally would say to clients, just start with ClickUp. All of these, you can start in a free plan. All of them, you can start in a free plan. And most of once, because once you start working with a piece of tech, we're resistant to change, okay? And there's something that I call tech debt. So it's the amount of time that you invest in setting something up in your business. And then as your business grows and develops, you end up having to reset it up and reset it up and reset it up, okay? So I would say, especially when it comes to project management, I love ClickUp, I'm an advocate of it. I, you know, I've set it up for myself and clients and it grows with you. So the beautiful thing about that is it grows with you. But if right now you're using Trello or Asana, it's back to exactly what we talked about with client management the basic principles apply. It's just using the tool is mm-hmm. the key thing here. So we can all have them. We can all be paying for them or not paying for them or have whatever subscription level it is. And they just sit there. And there's two key reasons I see for that. Number one is mindset. Genuinely, this is not a tech issue. This is not a user issue. This is a mindset thing about, am I, I don't need a project management tool. Am I big enough? Sure, it's in my head. I know what I need to do. It's in my calendar for next week. But what happens there then is you forget things. No, we forget things and we can't track things and we don't know. I mean, who's been there? Like I've certainly been there. I come in at my desk and sit down and go, what's my priority for today? Mm. Whereas if you give yourself five minutes a day before to think about, okay, where does my focus need to be tomorrow? And just even have a list that is this week. Even if you just start off in your business with one list that is this week and list out what it is that you need to get done in your business. So you have somewhere centered so you can start to hold yourself accountable for what it is that you need to do. And also then, then you build that out to actually having a folder for your clients. So actually I've got a folder for my clients. So, and that links back into the client management. So you can manage your clients also in your project management software as well. So you can see where they are, how many calls they've had with you, how many are left, link through to their forms. So you're creating a central hub in your business that mm-hmm. you can then go to and know that you don't have to keep thinking about like, where is that? How did, where did I put that? Where did I store that? It can work also as a file management system as well. So you can have a folder that is simply like business assets with a link through to your Canva, with a link through to, you know, folders in Google Drive, your branding, your website, all of the things that I know we've all been there. We have a notebook and we're like, where is that? How do I log into that? Where did I put that? So save yourself time by just using it initially as just this hub of even just to get stuff out of your head into Mm. somewhere where you can action it, track it and know what you need to focus on. Um, And it doesn't matter what level of business you're at doesn't matter genuinely doesn't matter as you grow and scale then you can assign tasks to other people which you can do in any of those pieces of the tools that we've talked about and you can do them on free plans as well Mm. that's a really good point actually it's actually using it effectively and if we were talking about that then how could they 
let's say we want to start managing this, would you suggest that they have or start to create, which I know you've touched on, like different folders? So you've got, for example, like client folders, timeframes, social media folders. Would you suggest really thinking about making one of these platforms where you house all of these things? 100%. And then maybe, you know, yeah. So when you said before about like the Google Doc, or Google Drive, sorry, um, could it be that you could start replacing using the Google Drive to house everything and start putting it into one of these softwares? It depends what it is. So I wouldn't put call recordings. So this is obviously coming from a coaching perspective, but I wouldn't put call recordings in there. But what I would have is, is in my client folder, a link to their Google Drive folder so I can easily access where their client call right. folders are being stored. But you, what I would recommend is have spaces so in other words if you think about how your business is set up we have a sales side of our business we have a marketing side of our business we have a finance side of our business we have a hr side even though we don't call it that because we have to manage ourselves initially and that will grow as our business grows so think about all the departments that you have in your business and set up spaces for that so under marketing you could have content ideas and it could just be somewhere that you put all your content ideas then you could have a list for actually this is my email this is my social media and that could literally be then at the start of the month instead of writing all your posts in a google doc you're actually creating them inside your project management tool so you can see and the beautiful thing about that is when you start to bring on support in your business and for most people the first person is a va you're going to probably get them to create your graphics or you're going to get them to schedule your posts it means that they don't have to come and go hey we're supposed for this week what day is that to go out what day is this to go out so we're cutting down the communication timeline where you're saving yourself time and also what you're doing as well as you're creating a content repository so actually if you're out of the business for a month you can go back to your team and say just filter out any, so next month we're launching this, or next month we have a special offer on leg massage, or next month we have a special on hair color. Go back in and filter everything that is associated with, you know, leg massage or leg muscles, and just start sharing that content while I'm out. Mm, that's really good, yeah, such a good idea. And would you say, is there a reason that you advocate ClickUp most? 100% because it is actually a really good cost saver for businesses as well because there's an inbuilt chat tool in it so you can do chat in it so it kind of can become slack it has um docs in it so it can act like google docs so it now has a whole document system in there so it has screen recording in there as well you can create lots of different spaces you can create custom fields you can do integrations you can do forms in there as well so the forms we were talking about for client management you can actually use ClickUp for your client management as well from day one if you really needed to and that's wow. not genuinely something if I'm being honest, I would fully recommend. But if we're talking about actually just getting started in the basics, there's forms in there that you could, you know, have people fill in as they're onboarding them and they're saved in the spaces. It has board view, it has list view, it has all the fu functionality and features of most of the other software out there that you would pay extra for like screen recording, Loom, you can do it in ClickUp, Slack for comms, you can do it in ClickUp. And some of my clients I actually manage in ClickUp and what we do is we create, and they have dashboards, so we create dashboards. And in that dashboard, I have a welcome video for my client. I have buttons that link through to their Dubsado, their Google Drive folder, anything that they need they also have a task list so they can see if i've assigned a task to them so we have accountability and we have a chat widget so it keeps them out of your whatsapp your box or your personal messages your emails and it keeps everything central so again it's elevating client experience saving you time keeping everything in one place and it's easily delegatable is not a word but i'm going to coin it right now <laughs> so you can easily delegate it to others in the business as well so if you're too busy for something or you bring on new team members, they've got a home in which they can start to work with you. Yeah, that's great. God, that's so good. 
Okay, so this is a good one. I know you've got so many more than this. So three top tips for someone who wants to start up leveling their business for their client and project management, everything you've been speaking about today, basically. Um, and as I said, you've given so many, but if you were to give three top tips of how you can start to up level without feeling overwhelmed, what would be some of the things that you would share? You can have more than three if you've got them. <laughs> I was going to say, how long do we have, Sam? How long do we have? But the first three is, and this one is one that I said to clients, is time track. And this might come as a surprise. You're probably thinking, where did that come? And that's a bit left field. But the key thing here is the first step is awareness. So understanding actually where the majority of your time and your energy and your focus is going in your business at the minute and actually starting to get curious. This isn't about judging or being hard on yourself or being like, oh, why am I doing it this way? It's about getting curious, simply. Look at how you're spending your week, where you're spending most of your time. Is there a way, a better way, a more efficient way for me to actually carry out that task or get the same result? without having to spend so much time energy or resource on it mm. and that can be amazing when people actually do that and I always say you know look at it in terms of how much of my week is spent selling serving um or servicing my business and mm. the thing is most of it should be in serving all about selling then servicing so if you're spending most of your time and what I mean by servicing is the under the bonnet kind of behind the scenes stuff if you're spending most of your time doing that the likelihood is you're starting to cost yourself money in your business because you need obviously to be selling and serving so I would also say that's the first one time track understand where the majority of your time is going and get curious about are there different ways that you can do it step number two is to actually just take some time and map out how you're currently doing things in your business and what I mean by that is so when I welcome somebody into a new program what does that look like so when I create a podcast what does that look like so when I, you know, write a blog post, what does that look like? And then color code all of the things in an ideal world that you would like somebody else to be doing. Mm, right. So you're starting to identify tasks that could be outsourced. And step number three then is then capture this in a way that somebody else can do it. And what I mean by that is simply the next time you're doing a blog and uploading it to your website and you're thinking, oh, I so don't want to do this anymore. Just open up Zoom. Do screen record and record it and say, so we do this. I'm going in here. I'm going to upload this. I'm clicking this button and I'm doing this and I'm doing this and I'm doing this and I'm saving that. And then when somebody else comes into your business, you can go, hey, this is the first task that I would really love for you to do. Go watch this video. Go have a go at it and then come back to me with any questions that you have. You're already doing this stuff. Just capture it and put it somewhere that you can share it with somebody whenever you're ready to outsource it. Oh my God, I freaking love those tips. That's not, I wouldn't have thought of any of those three from what you've shared. So I love that. Oh my gosh, this is so good. Thank you so much, Avril. This has been such a good, I, I literally got lost in the conversation there. And me thought, too. I could talk about this for a week. You know, yeah, I could. It's all about that balancing of, and I always say if, and this is the one thing that, that I'll finish with is a lot of people put this stuff off because they tell themselves they're not big enough. Their business is not a stage. It's not ready for it. I'm not good at it is another story that I hear all the time. You're already doing these things. You're already doing them. And if you think about it, like making a cup of coffee, think you make a cup of coffee the same way every single time you know you get the cup out you do it you do that so what I would say is don't put off doing it because you think you're not ready you completely are and it's just a case of getting started and then letting it grow with you as your business grows as well 
Yeah, no, I love this. And also I'm going to put your, tell me if you want anything else, but I was thinking of just putting your Instagram because that then leads people to both your Instagrams, but that then leads people to everything, you know, whether it is getting your support with their systems and their back end, or working with you as a business owner and masterminding about all of these things we've shared. Is that the best place they can find it? Yeah, Instagram is where you'll find me hanging out. Or I also have my podcast as well, The Flow and Freedom Show, where I share passionate pep talks and personal perspectives on the life of a business owner who's grown and scaling their business. I love that. And they'll be able to get that link as well from for the podcast. It'll be in the bio. Yeah, it's in the Instagram bio. So it's probably the best place to start. Brilliant. And this has been great. And like I said, just for any any time, any stage of service-based business to have these conversations, it's so refreshing, but so needed. So thank you so much for coming on and giving us this juicy Met Masterclass. Honestly, so many top tips. I've loved it. Thanks for having me.